Hey everybody, welcome to the Mentor Minutes board gaming podcast, uh, part of the YouTube channel Meeple Mentor, and I am Jared. And I'm Jay. And we're going to talk about board games and, uh, well actually today is a top 10 list that yes. we're going to cover. What what are we talking about? Yeah, so today we're going to actually talk about our top 10 heavy games. And when we say heavy, we don't mean... It's like 40 pounds. Yeah, they don't weigh, it's not that they weigh a lot, <laughs> it's just that they're complex. So our, our top 10 complex games. So here's a question then, does complex... Like, what if it doesn't take very long to play? No, yeah. So the way I kind of um, looked at my list was, um, even if the rule set isn't super complex, but the game itself requires a lot of thinking and a lot of strategy, um, whether that game takes, you know, 30 minutes or it takes three hours or four hours, um, I, I didn't shy away from including it. To me, it's like, how much brain burn yeah. do you get from that game? So... Without getting into spoilers as to what some of your picks are, I'm, mm. I'm curious where a game like chess might fit. Is that considered a heavy game or is that still like a medium weight game? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, it's probably a little subjective, right? Because mm -hmm. like if I'm playing chess as a, you know, like I would play somebody in a game of checkers because I don't play chess hardly at all. Too complex. For me, it's not going to be that complex a game because I don't really know the strategy. But if I was a, you know, ranked chess master, master. or something... I'm sure that that's way co more complex than any games on my list, you know? Right. Um, or like Go. You know, Go mm -hmm. has very simple rule set, but it's so that maybe disqualified. the most... Yeah, it may, maybe, the, at least on my list, because I've never played Go, but oh. um, but it could absolutely... I could see that being a very complex game. Sure. Go's great. You should play sure. Go. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen some documentaries and it looks pretty wild. I've got a copy. Oh, you do have a copy, that's right. So we could play it sometime. Yeah, I've played Othello, but that's a lot different. Very different. Yeah, but it does have black and white pieces. <sighs> Just like, like chess, you have checkers. no idea what you're talking about. So it's just like checkers. Is that what you're saying? Oh my goodness! <laughs> um, so. But before we get into it, um, is there any update or news on uh, anything board gaming in your life you want to share? Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, um, you know, it's been one of those sort of drought periods a little bit because work's been kind of busy. Um, I uh, I've played a couple games recently that I enjoyed a couple like remix of games that I had bought in the past. One of them is Grav Gravwell, mm -hmm. uh, which is a, uh, a cool space kind of racing game. So the second um, edition. Second edition, Gravwell, second edition. Very cool. Uh, and uh, and I enjoyed that, but um, yeah, I haven't done a whole, really a whole lot of gaming related stuff um, in the past couple weeks. Mm -hmm. How about yourself? Um, yeah, just kind of a once a week usually. Um, average, you know, like on a Saturday or a Sunday, just yeah. playing with some friends. Um, and when this video comes out, um, when you see it this coming weekend, which is Veterans Day weekend, mm. I'll be in Charlotte and that's, right. that's uh, the MaceCon, M-A-C-E convention. Mm. Mm. Um, and so I'll be there if you want to show up and, uh, we'll play some games together. I'll be teaching a few games, so that'll be fun. Um, but it's three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And, um, that's, that's my biggest gaming plans right now. That's right. Passing on a few flyers for, uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I did print some like nice premium looking flyers, yeah, just super cool. talking about the tutorials on the channel and stuff like that. Just something to hand out, mm. um, while I'm there other than business cards. Um, you know, he's got to, you know, yeah. market right. yourself, word of mouth. That's right. Get more people uh, watching the show or watching this channel and yeah, you know, so if you like what you're podcast. listening to, then share it with a friend. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we do appreciate it. So, um, yeah, with with that, I think we're ready for talking yeah. about our list. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I am. I, I will say I organized my list a little differently this time around because okay. typically with my top tens, I'll save my number one for like the game I like the most. Mm -hmm. What I did here is I actually ranked them based on 
least to most complex. So okay. I like all the games, but the but they're one, all supposed to be complex. They're all complex. They're all complex. But of the ones that, at least for me, mm. of the ones that I ranked, like my number one to me is the harder of the games versus the first one. Okay. You know, so that's kind of how I did it. And another thing I was going to say too is between our lists, you've definitely played a lot more, a lot yeah. of heavier games than I have yeah. uh, over time. So my list will probably skew a little bit more towards like medium to heavy, uh, you know, BGG ranking wise, whereas yours are probably going to be pretty much heavy games. I, I mean, think. it's possible we have a, a one crossover. I think we have some crossovers or at least on my, um, uh, what's the honorable mention? Honorable mention list. Fair I'm, enough. Sh I'm sure I've got at least one on the honorable mentions there. So, um, cool. So yeah. So, um, my list is not made like that. Yours um, is number one at the top. Yeah. So I, okay. I list them as like games that I think are great, you know, okay. that are all heavy. Okay. Yeah. So. I, I, I bet you I can guess your number one, but I'm not going to do that till, till we get closer <laughs> to it. <laughs> well, please don't because you'll spoil it That's for right. everybody. We'll see. We'll see if I'm right. Well, um, but you could make a prediction. I won't say what it is. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, that, that sounds like fun. Yes. I'm going to write down my prediction. I'm just going to put. <laughs> He's uh, going to put it in his phone. I'm going to put it in my phone. Okay. And we'll check it at the end. And we'll check it at the end. Okay. Cool. Got it. So let's talk about our number 10. Number 10. Okay. So my number 10 is uh, from uh, Stonemeyer, And um, I like a lot of Stonemeyer games. Uh, not maybe the one you'd expect me to say. Do they have any heavy games? They do. Well, in, so I think Tapestry is a heavy game. Yeah. Uh, and that's my number 10, Tapestry. Um, the interesting thing about Tapestry is it's kind of like, you know, what you're saying with chess or like with Go. Tapestry has a four-page rule book. Yeah. That's it. Four pages. Right. And uh, and really, if you take away some of the illustrations, it's like two and a half pages, something like that. But the the uh, complexity of Tapestry is, you know, you're, um, you're moving up on different sort of tracks. And there's four different tracks you can move up on. There's like science and history and army and culture tech. war yeah education and something like that technology and, you know you you have limited resources that you're spending to essentially move up these tracks and as you move up the tracks you unlock different things but when you start getting into the game the decision space of how to combo one track off another track to get to another track and how to really ex um, extend your turns to me is what adds that to the complexity of the game mm -hmm. because the actions you're taking are not super complex. You're going to do the same thing every single turn. Mm -hmm. um, but deciding what to do, especially as the game gets into like the third phase, gets really complex, in, in my opinion. And, and you're really just trying to optimize those moves and extend your turns. Um, Similar to so Everdell, where you're you, trying to... In that game, you basically have two decisions every turn. You, do you want to move up a cube or do you want to pass into the next age? You do. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> like, you, you either, But you have up to four different tracks you can choose from. You, each one will require potentially a different resource, and each one, depending on what you unlock, might end up getting you more resources that you then might can you know can use for another track later mm -hmm. on. So the complexity isn't like okay, here's I'm taking my turn. It's really hard. It's, it's not about more of what do I do? Yeah, if, it, it's like because you can close your eyes and play the game, and you'd end the game in like 15 minutes <laughs> because making your turns longer is the whole key to the game. Because the longer you can extend your turns. Uh, before you go into you know decline or go into the next uh, age mm -hmm. um, is the whole trick to the game. And the people who can do it really well are the ones that score like 400 points. Um, so Tapestry is my number 10 because 
light rule set, but introduces complexity as the game progresses. Cool. I guess I should shout out now, if you haven't played it and want to learn, you could watch my tutorial video. Found, right. found on my YouTube channel, Meeple Mentor. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and it's also a beautiful game with some oh, yeah. cool miniatures. It comes with some pre-painted minis. Yeah. Which yeah, are really so. nice quality. Yeah. Mine have made my miniatures list. I can't remember now, but uh -oh. maybe. <laughs> All right. So what's All your right. uh, number my 10? My number 10 is a, a new game that came out this year. Um, mm. And I've played it only twice. In fact, I played it this past weekend. Mm. Um, it's called Coffee Traders. Ah, okay. Um, this game is just fantastic. It looks amazing like it's got a huge board um there's all these different cooperatives that are um basically where you can put plantations to make coffee beans and mm. grow coffee mm. um and each of those you can send people to work the fields you can add more plantations you can send guys in a later phase to trade and there's piggybacking that goes on there's a lot of thought that goes into the planning of every turn and every decision you make um there's six phases of every round and there's only three rounds, but mm. just like a, a Lacerda type game where there's like, like escape plan where there's like three days of turns mm. and you have nine turns, but everything mm. you do is super important. Mm. That's kind of how this is. Like you have four, three or four actions you can do in the first phase. And then you have um, three or four actions you can do in the second phase. And then there's contract fulfillment and there's two different ways to fulfill things. And then there's money you can, sp mm -hmm. you can spend to buy, different coffee if you don't if you're missing one or two um and so there's all these combinations of things you have to think about plus there's tracks that you can go up on and so deciding which type of coffee that you want to kind of pursue uh which cooperative you want to invest in each turn at any moment and which mm. you know track you're going up on because those tracks also score points at the end of the game but they can also end up giving you extra workers and uh, extra pieces that help you uh, proceed yeah. yeah and so just like tapestry in that case um, there's a lot of fore planning that is involved with making sure you, you know, maximize everything you do on your turn. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it is a lot of fun. It's very thinky and it's a very mm -hmm. long game. Um, it can play up to five. Uh, oh. BGG is currently saying that five is the best player count for this. Oh, wow. Which, I mean, just for the length of the game, I wouldn't recommend it. But is as that far like as, a three, four hour game or? Yeah. I mean, it was like 45 minute teach. Oh, wow. Okay. If that gives you an idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. Playing it for the first time with people will be like four hours. Hmm. Wow. Um, if yeah. you've played it before, maybe three. Hmm. Yeah. yeah that, <laughs> you know that, what I mean? Yeah. That is sound, that so, does sound like it'd be complex. <laughs> super heavy. Complex because of the combinations of things yeah. that you can kind of do to plan out your uh, coffee business. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really fun though. Cool. If you like heavy games, you should check it out. Well, I like the theme a lot. You yeah. Know, so. If you like coffee, I actually don't drink coffee. Oh yeah. I love coffee. But... I, I wouldn't even be here now if I didn't have a coffee this morning. Fair enough. <laughs> so that's my number 10. Cool. Number nine. Number nine on my list is also a relatively new game. I don't think it came out this year, but maybe last year. Um, and someone can check on that later mm -hmm. for me. Uh, it's about, uh, be, trying to work with getting students and teachers mm. and and <laughs> growing your little education uh, college. It's called Alma Mater. Yeah, I thought this might be on your list. Yeah. Nourishing Mother. Yep. What, what yep. does that mean? <laughs> Latin. Um, it's it's just a really good uh, thinky euro. It's bright, a lot of cool bright mm. colors. It's worker placement, um, but there's also the the extra cost of if someone's gone there, you have to add an extra worker to go on that same spot. Mm. So is it worth it to go to that same place this turn 
or to you know go somewhere uh, that requires less workers so that you can do more things this round. Um, so you have to really think about what's most important to do at any given moment. Yeah. Um, and because of the <clears throat> way the board changes with how many players you're playing with, there's a lot um, there's a lot that you have to tactically respond to. And everyone has their own player boards that they sell a unique color of book mm -hmm. and you have to get everyone's books at some point um, because uh, the prices of things and the costs of things end up being um, different colored books and you only have real easy access to your own and you have to either let someone else produce like the take the produce action to gain more books into the library and then purchase it from them mm. or you have to do like a more expensive option or a special worker action that gives you a smaller amount for a higher cost exchange um so it's uh either, there's a lot going on there's a lot going <laughs> on um very player interactive in that sense for a yes. euro yeah so if you like heavy euros but you also want some player interaction Alma Mater does it in a really cool way mm. because of the way that the resources are so closely tied to a player's production. Yeah, this was, and I played this game with you the first time I played it. And uh, the, the reason it didn't make my list is not because it wasn't heavier than many games on my list, but because uh, it was so much work for me to play this kind of game. Yeah. And, and this is the kind of game where like I, I didn't even focus at all on the in-game objectives. Because there was just so much going on. With or the this. special abilities you can get. Or Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> or the track that you can yeah, go so, up. <laughs> so, and, and I do this with a lot of yeah. uh, heavy games is I'll just try to like get up that points track as fast as I can. And a lot of times I'll be leading in the first part of the game because I'm just maximizing yeah. getting on that board. And then at the end, everybody just loops yeah. me because of the in-game objectives. Right. And, um, so this was... I mean, very well-designed game. Yeah. A lot going on. I think it was the same designers as Coimbra or very similar to Coimbra. Same uh, artist, maybe. I don't remember. Like but, um, yeah, super heavy. I liked it. But, I feel uh, like the art is similar, at least. Yeah, art is definitely, yeah. But, um, yeah, too, this is a little too much for me. That's kind of where <laughs> I start drawing the line. <laughs> like he had said at the beginning, he doesn't play as much heavy games as yeah. I do, so I'm going to have a little bit more yeah. heaviness into my picks. Yeah, there's, there's only probably one or two that I would say are this level heavy but i really enjoy them wow so that are on my list so we'll see we'll okay see. well that's alma mater and uh again I, I recommend it i i would say probably it's best at three players um four is mm. fine because again everyone would then have like their own resource mm -hmm. but just for sake of time three is good yeah. three or four so. yeah yeah it's, if you like heavy games it's definitely one to check out it's great so what about you what's your number nine so my number nine, and again, I'm, I'm going on sort of where I, where I started um, of the complex range for me, you know, moving up in complexity. Uh, this is actually one that you taught me. Yeah, and, another um, one. Yeah, it's the first time I played it as well. And actually, after you taught it to me and we played it, I went out and bought it. Oh, that's a good um, sign. So it was, it was really good. And I should caveat this, which I should, didn't say in the beginning, but um, I'm kind of just talking about base game here. Um, some of these games, if you add in expansions, like they ramp up the complexity to like right. through the roof. Well, um, I would agree with that. Like no, nothing in my pick or any, anything in my list is um, not complex without an expansion. Like they will be complex yeah. base game only. Yeah. But there are a lot of games that maybe aren't complex until you add expansions. Mm -hmm. So I, I did not include that. Yeah, good. Okay, so we're so, on the same page there. Yeah. Um, so this game is Gugong. Yeah. And uh, Gugong is a really, really creative um, 
uh, game where it's it's set in China and you're you're doing different things. Like you may be contributing to you know building the Great Wall of China. You might be moving up on like an emperor track. You might be trying to you know get jade at a market. All these little things you can do. There's also some uh, you know going down the river and and shopping at markets and all kinds of different things. Um, journeying the mountains. Journeying in the mountains and yeah. you know so there's just a whole lot of things you can do. They're almost in some ways, kind of like mini games through the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But the mechanic that I just think is so fantastic in this game is it's a, it's really a card game. Mm -hmm. And um, there are, essentially, you can look at them as like worker placement spots on the board that contain a single card with a value and also like a symbol, mm -hmm. I think, on, uh, on, on the card yep. uh, that represent a gift. And in order to go to a, sp a specific place and take the action you have to put a card down and that's a higher value than the card that's there so and add it to your hand. And essentially what you're doing is you're, um, you're diminishing the amount of points in your hand when you do that, unless you do a couple things where you, you, know, you can kind of manipulate a little bit to put a lower card. But um, all the while, as you're taking these spaces and swapping cards out, the other players are doing the same thing. So... Um, it's really interesting because you can really get locked out of a space mm -hmm. if you don't have the cards to go there unless you really pay extra to kind of yeah. take those actions. There are ways to sort of break that rule by paying extra things or discarding an yeah. extra card. Yeah, but they're um, all painful. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Um, and some of those low cards can be great because like if you play a two, a two can be like take a nine. Or is it a two? A one. Or a one can take a nine. So there, there's sort of a looping method mm -hmm. as well. I believe only a one can replace a nine. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Um, unless you want to yeah, pay the extra. Right. Um, so the neat thing, uh, the cool thing is you, you can sort of plan your strategy like, like bigger um, objectives that you want to accomplish. But you have to be flexible at the same yeah. time. You because have to when adapt to how Yeah, when it comes back looks. to your turns, the place you might have wanted to go is now too expensive for you to go there. Um, so, and I really like tactical games because yeah. I'm, I'm worse at long-term strategy. So this is very tactical. Yeah. So this is tactical, but you can still, you know, focus on some uh, specific things. And it also has a really cool concept where even if you're leading in points, but you've not moved up a certain amount of spaces to on the emperor track, you can't win the game yeah, either. I like so that feature. I like that a lot because it's, it's in a way it's kind of a game timer a little bit. It kind of helps you focus a little bit more. Um, and uh, if you throw the expansion in this game, it can it gets really complex. I think, uh, but just they're in, they're great. Just, I love them. They're really good, but in this in the things that you can you know potentially do. So, Gugong is my number nine. Excellent pick, and that's definitely a top ten game for me. Yeah. Just in general, it's just fantastic. That's yeah, really good. Yeah, um, you knew you have all the deluxe upgrades and stuff. I, I did get on the uh, <laughs> Kickstarter and and got the big box velvet edition awesome. where you know it's up here, but. Um, it has Panjun, the expansion as well, and, and mm. all the upgraded pieces and it's, tokens. Yeah, it's and really nice. I love that game. Yeah, so good it's pick. Cool. I like cool. that. Number eight. My number eight is another game that you taught me. Wait, wait, wait. Have I taught you all of these so far? Uh, <laughs> let me see. Let me see how many you've taught me. Actually, I feel like he has not played heavy games until he met me. <laughs> Four. Four of my four of my games in my top ten you've taught. Me. That's amazing. Four, so almost fifty percent. You can kind of get an idea for our, our different <laughs> backgrounds of board gaming. Yes, he that's came right. from that lighter medium. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And did. then he met me, and I'm like, let's play all let's the water. And I really like it too. But um, so <laughs> welcome to the dark side. Yeah. So my number nine is by one of your favorite companies, Awaken Realms. Uh, number eight. My, uh, sorry, my number eight. Thank you. Okay. Uh, and that's Etherfields. 
Ooh, and Etherfields. Etherfields. Nice choice. Yeah, Etherfields is a really cool narrative game. Um, mm -hmm. It has some really trippy dream-like sequences, some kind of escape room type elements, um, exploration. It's a really, I mean, I've never played a game like it. Yeah, um, it's pretty unique in the way that it operates and it, it, yeah. the way that you interact with it. And it's very much card driven, but you're but you do have miniatures and the boards and you know uh, throughout, and and you have this sort of overworld and dreamscape environment, and then you have some of these kind of side quests you could call them. The 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 actions on your turn they're not super complex because you kind of know okay I need to spend this much uh, this many cards to do this many actions like moving or mm -hmm. um, unlocking puzzles things like that yeah. but there's so much variety in this game and I think like you you kind of had to teach this because uh, you kind of kept you were like the game master and kind of kept things like kept track of things and right. so for me like I could focus on just like my basic actions and all that stuff where you were kind of orchestrating all the other stuff. Um, but it happens to, a lot. But to line up the cards like to get the cards in the right sequences and to there's just I would say the one detriment to the game is there's a ton of bookkeeping in the game right yeah um, so you know if you're the teacher there's a ton more headspace to this game. But if you're playing with someone else, it's not 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 that bad. Yeah, so, tagging along isn't so bad. Yeah, so the, that's why the actual I, gameplay itself isn't yeah. that complex. Yeah. But overall, in the scope of it, yes, and I that's why it. I made the list because there is a lot to the game. Um, but it's it's a really cool game. It's um you know you play it as a campaign style. You kind of work your way through the story. Mm -hmm. Um, and we we didn't we did what five missions or something like that mm -hmm. or five campaigns. Um, I haven't picked it up in a while actually. We we should revisit we should that. Do that. Yeah. But um, I really to. like it. I love the I love the uniqueness of the game, and um, also it has awesome miniatures. Uh, yeah. So Etherfields is my number seven. Number eight. Dang it! I did it again. At first I said nine, and then <laughs> I said seven. Wow. It's right in the middle of there. It's my number eight. You know, it's it's hard to focus sometimes. You know, <laughs> it is numbers it is. counting it's right to here, ten. It's right here on my phone too. I should just look at it, right? My number eight pick. Yes. Uh, is that okay with you, number eight? Go for it. it. You can do eight this time. Can I do eight? You can do seven if you want, but go ahead and do eight. I'll do, I'll do seven next. How's that? <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> That's how this works. <laughs> number eight. Um, this is a one of those games from David Turksey who did all these mm. T games, right? You had Zulkin, Teotihuacan, Takenu, uh, Tawantinsuyu, yeah. Trismegistus. There's like, another one oh that's my gosh. two or more that coming out this right. year. So, yeah, there is another one coming yeah, out. Yeah. I can't remember. Tu, 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 okay, I'll mess it up. So. Tubanasun? Some, I don't know, something like, something like that. Tubanasun, <laughs> I don't know. So out of these, I picked one, uh, my favorite. This is Takenu, Obelisk of the Sun. Mm. And I know we had talked about it just briefly earlier, um, just by chance. He had said that he had never played it. Yeah, this is one and I really want to play. This is a really interesting, uh, very heavy uh, Euro game uh, set in... The, I believe this is like Incan history, and then the other one was Mayan, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's like kind of ancient Mexican culture. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, there's an obelisk in the center of the game board that rotates like every round, and it changes where the shadows and the light is, which affects uh, which dice will be effective, or, or which tiles can give you a bonus, depending on where the shade is, because mm. uh, it's kind of in the center, and each section, there's like six sections of the board, kind of has its own directional um, that, that comes out from the obelisk. So it's kind of attached to it. Okay, got it. So you can kind of see like, okay, now this area is shaded. Like or this area of the board or something. Is, is light or yeah. that sort of thing. Hmm. Um, and 
there's just so much that you can do in this game. And I, I like the use of dice that there's, and it doesn't feel random because you can use dice in a lot of interesting ways where uh, you can mitigate the rolls, you can uh, next round that dice is more valuable, or hmm. um, you can use it just for resources this round. You can use it for an action this round. And you have choices because depending on where, uh, what shade level that you pulled the dice from, you will have a different, um, either I think it's like a positive or negative slash like moral or immoral type of choice. Yeah. 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 So like this die, because it's here, this counts now as like a, the, the bad side. Hmm. And so what happens is at the end of uh, the round, which is four turns, you'll have four dice basically, usually. Um, there, there are other ways, but they're going to be on the left or right side of this balance beam on your personal board. And you want them as equal as possible. Hmm. So if you go, you know, total of six pips into the white side, you want a total as much as you can of six pips in the dark Balancing side. Balancing the scales type of thing. Exactly. Interesting. Because the turn order and possible negative points are, are done depending on your misalignment. So the hmm. closer to zero that you are, the better you are at... Um, you know, being turn order. And if hmm. you're too far in the negatives, you'll get negative points as far as the dark side. And if you're too far in the light side, you're not penalized with points, but you are penalized for having a lesser in turn order, hmm. which is a big deal in a dice type game yeah. where you have to pick the best die hmm. uh, from your choices first. Hmm. Um, essentially you're able to build out uh, these columns in certain areas. You can build out buildings in another, you can build out statues in various places, including around the obelisk itself and also managing your resource income because the uh, you're only able to keep a certain number of uh, resources that you generate based on your capacity. So it's not like I can only hold a maximum of five gold. It means that like if my max is two, that means if I produce four, then I keep two and the other two goes into the, the waste scale. Hmm. But my total of my supply might still be five or six or something. Hmm. Um, but you can increase those incomes as well. And there's a lot of ways to score points in this game and everything you do can kind of help you do that. Hmm. Um, it's, it's really hmm. nice. And just like games like Zolkin or Teotihuacan, there is still the feeding of people type of thing. Yeah, where, <laughs> can't um, get away from that. If you've built buildings, it unlocks these, uh, the, the space underneath is like minus one bread, you know, mm. so the more buildings that you build, the more bread you have to pay yeah. at the end of the rounds, that kind of thing. Um, but it's overall, it's really fun. It's really good. I like the, the theme, the color that is in this, um, the special abilities that you can earn, the in-game bonuses you can mm. earn. Uh, it's just everything you want and a crunchy Euro, uh, in one package yeah i definitely have to this is this is the one out of the t-list yeah that i really really want to play of the ones i haven't played it's fantastic um, yeah so we'll, if, we'll do that yeah if this one get, gets a uh down to a good price i'll probably probably buy this one sweet too. cool that was your number seven nope that was my you know, number, that was eight. Your number eight i can't count today <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing I'll you're, do doing your, you're doing your actual number seven this time <laughs> around <laughs> number seven Moving on to number seven, <laughs> not number six or yeah. number nine or anything. Or five like that. or any number other seven. Here we are. Definitely seven. This is a Lacerda game, so put your bid oh. now on what which one it is. Oh boy! Um, yeah. But it could be any of them, really. I like a lot of his games, and they're all very heavy. So it's kind of take your pick. Um, but I didn't want to put more than one on here because they're all really great, mm. but they're not necessarily like 
my favorite of heavy games. Mm -hmm. So of Lacerda's, I'm putting Kanban or Kanban hmm. on my list. Oh, um, I'm surprised you chose this one. Wow. I know. Because I know I, you really like, there's several others. I know you really like There are a lot that he does huh. that I like. In fact, the board games right behind us here are all the Lacerda's that I, I own. The, is it the On Mars and Escape Plan? <laughs> right, all of that uh, stuff. Lorenzo, no, Lorenzo's not one. That's, what's the Lisboa, Lisboa, the Gallerus, all this yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. Venos. Yeah. So I'm putting <laughs> Kanban. Um, yeah. I have Driver's Edition. So I don't have the new EV, which I'd love to play. Yeah, it looks um, cool. It but looks cool. even just the driver's edition is mm. is really good. And I think the only criticism people have of the driver's edition was the rule book, which I made a tutorial for the game. So wow. hopefully you'll be able to Perfect. play it, you know, if you don't have the EV and or, or struggle with the rule mm. in some way. Um, but Kanban is really unique. It has this uh, manager that kind of oversees everything that happens in the game. And so at the end of the day, um, she'll kind of award or uh, penalize people for where they are on certain um, you know, aspects of the board. And it has sections just like uh, Takenu or, or um, uh, Coffee Traders, where you know in, in this section you do this type of action, and in this section you can do this part of action. Um, and you have these workers, but you, you, don't, you don't really have, yeah, I think you just have two, and you have to move them from uh, area to area between rounds. And so the one guy can't be in the same spot. Hmm. Uh, and you do this as far as your placement um, in an order that's based on the actual assembly line. Mm. And so that so also cool. affects what's available to you. So sometimes you have to be able to be tactical mm -hmm. and flexible on where you're going to be able to go. Um, but essentially, I haven't even discussed the theme. It's about building cars. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> if you haven't played it, it's about yeah. building cars in a uh, manufacturing plant you know uh, so you have to collect designs you have to get some parts you have to uh, push the cars down the assembly line and then you put them on the track and then um, you've mm -hmm. got uh, the in-game type stuff which happens in the boardroom and placing out tokens there to, to say that you're at the table and um, mm -hmm. <laughs> there's just there's just a lot of things that are kind of fun and unique but also very euro-y mm -hmm. um, so uh, in fact I don't know maybe all my picks this in this list are euros uh, which would be interesting. I'll, I'll have to double check. But oh, interesting. Yeah. I, do, I definitely have a mix. But yeah. um, but this huh. one is definitely a crunchy uh, Euro, and um, it's just a lot of fun. I, I feel like the de the design, the theme, um, all of that mm. work well with what you're doing mechanically in the game, and mm -hmm. the whole idea of the assembly line, and even like learning uh, the not technology, but like gaining skill in each area that also is very thematic as oh, well yeah. as necessary for the game. As your play. workers like get better at doing stuff. And yeah. And as far as the manager, you can choose at the start if you want to play the hard manager version or the easy manager version. And so <laughs> I know which one I would pick. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically, do you want to be penalized or do you want to get bonuses for doing well? Either one. Yeah, right. Yeah. So uh, it's, hmm. it's great. I love it. I, you know, I've always wanted to play this one. I've actually never played a single Lacerda <laughs> oh, game. My goodness. Ever. But um, um, this one's interesting because we actually use uh, Kanban boards at work. No way. And yeah, and because it's um, we're, we're working software, but you're as you're developing products, you're moving things from like, you know, ready to you know uh, done. Sometimes you're sending things back to completed until you finally kind of move them all the way. And this the is board. based on the the term. I think it's a Japanese term. Yeah, it is. It's it's um for us, it's like this agile methodology of how you you know do production and stuff. 
but yeah. uh, we use K- Kanban as a as a methodology, and it's uh, so that's why I, don't, I just wanted to play this game. Yeah, and you should. Cool. Yeah, yeah, we've got a lot of heavy games to play here. I got a lot a lot of work to do. Uh, probably all <laughs> ten of these will play soon. Yeah, yeah, hopefully so. <laughs> so let's hear what your number seven is. My real number seven this yeah, time. This for is real. real. I'm looking at it right on my screen. It says number seven. It's actually another Awakened Realms game. Ooh, I think I have a guess on this. Yeah, this is not, maybe not the one you're thinking. Um, this is actually Lords of Hellas. Really? Yeah, Lords of Hellas. Um, I, I chose this one. I, I really like Nemesis a ton, but Nemesis to me didn't feel like as brain burnery as some of the other ones. I mean, mm. I think I think the fact that Nemes- Nemesis is so thematic, it kind of helps you remember things a lot. Lords of Hellas to me has a lot more going on that like I have to remember while I'm doing it. Mm. Um, it's definitely an area control game, but it has um, ways to sort of upgrade technology by building monuments. It has ways of like multiple wind conditions. You have sort of exploration that happens in the game as well um, that you can do with some of your characters. Um, on a huge board, you can also fight monsters. Um, just a whole lot of epic goodness in this one game and there's um, expansions and there's expansions which i we may have played one expansion i don't i'm not sure if we, I, we did it i think we did one this is another one you taught me because uh, you have this one um awesome miniatures um i like this one so much I actually backed uh, lords of ragnarok right um which is sort of it's funding right si- now yeah spiritual successor to kind of the game it's kind of the same type of game is my understanding but yeah. it's based on a different um theme it is it is and, and, and this one thing, this right? one seems yeah a little closer to maybe like a blood rage type thing um which is a little less exploration and a little bit more like combaty kind of thing i guess if it was more um if it was like more euroy and complex then it would be like Blood Rage, right? Yeah, Blood Rage is so. like the easier version. I think, yeah, yeah, this you know definitely I mean? is, is more complex more, than Blood, Blood Rage. Blood Rage is like the Ameritrash version. Yes. This is like the heavier yeah, absolutely, Euro version. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, really was impressed with Lords of Hellas. Um, you know, I do feel like, although Etherfields, from a maintenance perspective, probably has a lot more going on from that perspective, but when you're actually playing the game, the thought space in... Uh, Lord's Hellas is a lot wider, you know, as you're playing. I definitely um, agree. Yeah, so um, so for me, that's why it made my number seven, Lord's of Hellas. Do you have a favorite monument? Was it um, Athena? Athena? Was that one of the ones we had? That's the one where you can move more of your hoplites. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I know they all give you special abilities and bonuses if you put one of your like priests um, there. Zeus lets you gain more strength. Okay, I don't and, think I ever, ever, I never put it. And Hermes gives you more speed, which lets you move your hero further. Okay, I can't remember. I, I mean, I know we had, I know we had Athena in our game. Yeah. Um, I think that may have been the one I used, but it's, it's your, your it's been favorite. A while. Yeah, but it's it's super cool. Yeah. Um, so I definitely recommend it if you can pick it up and, and it's if hard. Never, <laughs> it's, if you've it's never seen it, you should look up some pictures because these monuments are like six, seven inches tall. Yeah, they're awesome, and you build them. You like, build them during the, the game. Up. So you start with like the bottom yeah. platform, and then as someone builds a monument as an action, you find the next piece to go in that mm-hmm. that uh, miniature, and then they snap in, you know, and then uh, there's five pieces yeah. basically, and then eventually you might get the full monument on yeah, the board. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's yeah. super, super cool. It's, it's one I want to play again too, but um, it's fun. Yeah, so that is my number seven. Cool. Number six. My number six is another Stonemaier game. And um, maybe not the one you thought, I was going to say, again, <laughs> uh, Tapestry being the first one. This is Viticulture. Yeah. And um, Viticulture definitely can get um, ramped up uh, when you're playing the sort of the version that exists now, which is uh, the version that comes with Tuscany. Um, 
and it has well, a bunch of modules and things like that. Like, this kind of well, breaks that rule because Tuscany is an expansion. Well, Tuscany is an expansion, but you can also get Essential Edition Viticulture, which is the one I have that has elements of Tuscany in it, like it the Mamas and the Papas, things like that. Yeah, the, the main board and some of the other stuff, do like you still have to get the expansion. Yeah, like if you want to do the, what is it, the area control part with the stars and stuff. And the building and cards. And buildings, yeah. Um, For me, though, um, I've heard that if you play just base Viticulture, it's kind of like your regular mid-weight work mm. placement. To me, um, yeah. Essential Edition bumps it up just a little bit in complexity, and um, and that's what made my list, too. Um, and part of it, because work replacement for me is usually an easier mechanic to wrap my head around, but to me, the economy of trying to focus on multiple things at the same time is what really makes this complex, uh, for me. Um, because not only am I trying to focus on, it's, it's all about winemaking and, um, you know, uh, farming, um, different, uh, plots of land, growing certain types of grapes, converting those grapes into wine and then selling them. Yeah. But you've got to... It's like a Kanban thing. Yeah, it's like a Kanban thing. And the thing is, you're, you're only passing through these seasons like one season at a time in order. So you really have to plan because you have limited workers for the entire season. Yeah, well, the entire year. The entire, sorry, for the entire year. You don't get those workers back Which worker to place all four seasons. For what season? Um, you you know, because once they're placed, you're not getting them back that year how you can sort of co uh, coordinate, you know, the growing of your um, grapes with moving them through your cellars to make them sellable. There's just kind of like, to me, there's always like four or five things that in my head all at the same time when I played this game. Yeah. Um, and it's an awesome game. It's, it's, it's just a fantastic worker placement game. Uh, and Viticulture is why it made mine number six. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. I love that game. And it, it is again, another like top 10 game for me. Yeah, uh, it's really good. It's one of the best worker placement games in my opinion. Yeah, and this is this continues to, every time I play it, it kind of keeps moving up a little bit, you know, because mm -hmm. I, I really do like it a lot, so. Sweet. Uh, so my pick for number six, uh, this is a game that um, it's, it's kind of a spiritual sequel uh, to another game, but I prefer this one. Um, it's a uh, Gaia project. Oh, okay. It has some of the yep. same mechanisms in gameplay as Terra Mystica, mm -hmm. which a lot of people really love, but mm -hmm. I like the sci-fi, uh, you know, theming, better. theming and exploration yeah. going on with Gaia project and being able to make, you know, your own little planets and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very thinky. It's very heavy. You've got a lot of um, discs that you use for energy that you have to keep managing where they are and when you can use them and, you know, that sort of thing. You're planning ahead a lot of this stuff. You've got tons of um, resource production uh, that you can earn by building different types of buildings. Mm. And so you can specialize with one or you can kind of go, you know, with all kinds and just kind of go everywhere with it. Um, and those are kinds of decisions that you can make as long as you have like a good pathway for where they can all be because every game has uh, a different setup of the space board. Um, everything in the game like has these uh, two-sided um, hex maps, I guess they are. Maybe. Yeah, I haven't played this one. But... It's like six, seven yeah. sides. <laughs> um, and so you have this map that gets built out. Um, with planet arrangements in various places. Hmm. Um, and so you want to try to keep your stuff fairly close together so you can string things um, and make what they call a federation uh, using satellites and all this kind of stuff. Hmm. So it gets a little complicated because <laughs> there's another board that you have to keep track of, which are literally tracks 
that you go up on and there are bonuses to be earned if you do it well. Mm. Um, and there are also, uh, in not in game, but end round bonuses and scoring that happens. Okay. So every round you're like, Oh, well this round you get extra points for this and next round you'll get extra points for this. Mm. And so those are things you also want to try to keep in mind for your long-term strategy. So you're kind of, you're really thinking of like, uh, near term, mid term and long term all at the same right, time, which makes it a very complex, <laughs> yeah, heavy game. Uh, and a lot of fun because every every uh, faction um, has unique uh, stuff going on and abilities. So it's uh, it's great. Mm. I like this game a lot, and uh, hopefully I'll get to play it again soon. Yeah, and I've I've not played this one or um, Terra, uh, Mystica. Terra Mystica. Right. So these are another uh, two I got I got to check on my list. Sounds good. I might, you know, Guy Project is one that probably needs to have a tutorial on the channel. Oh, it is heavy. You're it, right. It, it fits your heavy. wheelhouse. It's it's right into what I yeah. nor normally do and, and put online. So there you go. Add it to the list. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it on the list. I'll, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I'll put it on the list. Cool. Did you do one for Terra Mystica? No. Nah. Okay. I was trying to think nope. of you if you had one as well. Number five. Moving on to our number five. So right into our top five of the list here. So mm -hmm. we've gone through the worst of the, <laughs> the worst yeah, of the, the ten. They're just, they stink. They're Those garbage. stink. They're all garbage. Only, the only thing people <laughs> care about is the top five, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. So the best of the top of the five, right? <laughs> the, uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the cream of the, the top cream ten of the crop. The cream of the of the crop. I don't know. That should be a series in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> what is this even? So mean? you're number five. Yes. Yeah. It is a game. From Mind Clash Games, who is known mm. for making heavy, complex games. Okay. Um, I own several of their games, if not maybe all of them, and I'm backing two of them mm -hmm, <laughs> right mm -hmm. now. Um, I love this. I don't think I've played this one. Well, we'll find yeah, out. We'll this see. is a game that plays well, up to four, and it's set in a 1830s-ish era where players are uh, aspiring magicians. Uh, and it's this. called Trickerion. And oh, no, I haven't played this. Okay. Trickerion. And you get to learn mm. magic tricks, which are mm. cards. If someone takes the card you're looking for, you don't get to learn that trick. Mm. There's four like classes of magic that you can learn, and every character specializes in one of them. So they're just easier for them to get a hold of those cards. Um, but you can always learn any trick as long as it's still in the deck of possible tricks. Mm. Um, but you, in order to perform them, you have to have the resources needed, whether it's uh, wood or metal or uh, a bell. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Um, and so you collect this stuff and you put it on your board. You eventually you're, you're going to try to perform these tricks on stage and every round uh, you go through one stage at a time, which are these cards, and these cards start sliding down. And when, a, um, as long as the card's still available outside the stage, it can be performed, and eventually it gets knocked off, and you can't perform that stage show anymore. Hmm. Interesting. Um, there's a lot of combinations that you can make in this game of uh, linking tricks together, and not just with your own tricks, but with other players' tricks. Um, and because they're used, the uh, they use these little uh, square chits to try to um, represent the trick on the card and, and the stage, mm -hmm. which is the card, uh, you lay them out on this little grid. And if the uh, icons match up with another player's, you get bonuses. And if you perform somewhere where mm -hmm. there's a lot of bonuses, then you get a bonus and or, or links, then you get Lots, a bonus. Like those really interconnecting mechanisms. There's a lot of interconnections. 
combos. Yeah. But so you have various workers. You only mm. start with, uh, I think, two. Just your magician and your assistant. But you can hire more assistants. You can hire uh, up to three specialized um, workers. There's like a manager. There's an engineer and um, someone else. <laughs> but there's a lot that happens. And so those have their own boards. They have their own worker. They have their own unique ability. Um, but only your magician piece can be the one that performs. Um, the downside is if you do that, you will miss out on his uh, being the strongest worker because this is done with action points and each worker has a certain number of action points on them. Hmm. So the assistants just have one and the magician has three. So the stronger your worker when you go somewhere, the stronger the action you get to take. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of forethought happening. Uh, another big complexity on this is you plan in advance um, where all your workers are going before the round starts mm, and yeah those, those are cool when they have yeah. these games like that so you have these cards like that. that represent each of the different areas hmm. uh, of the board that have worker action spots and for every worker you have you play a card face down hmm. next to them and once everyone's <clears> done this you flip them over and you can see at that point where everyone's planning to go and then you're like "Ooh, i was really hoping i was going first because everyone's going to this one space hmm you know, this one area. And you get like a bonus for being there first or something? Or... Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the depending yeah. on player count, there are bonus action points you can get for being the first or second one into hmm. that area. Hmm. So your level three magician will get a plus two where he goes if he's the first one, you know. This, this sounds like, it sounds cool. I definitely would want to try It's this a one. lot of fun. It's hmm. very heavy. Uh, it can take a long time to play. I don't recommend it if you are analysis paralysis prone <laughs> and never play with someone who is. I've done it and yeah. it's just miserable. Just, yeah, yeah. Because this is one of those games that leans itself to do it. But yeah. uh, this game's amazing. The artwork's fantastic. The map of the, the board itself like is like hand-drawn type of thing. Hmm. And the longer you look at it, the more details you find. Yeah, and neat. it's just really cool. That's neat. My number five is one of my favorite games of all time. And it's another Stonemaier game. And you already know what it is. Yep. Scythe. Uh, and interestingly, Scythe is actually a lot of the design elements in Scythe uh, were taken from elements of a game you mentioned before, which is the predecessor to Guy Project. Um, so uh, Terramistica, actually the designer of Scythe, uh, Jamie Stonemeyer. Um, Jamie Stegmeyer. Stegmeyer. <laughs> Stegmeyer games. Sorry, James. Jamie. <laughs> Sorry, Jamie. Uh, Jamie Stegmeyer um, took a lot of the elements of how you sort of do actions and make uh, your actions more powerful as you unlock abilities and things like that mm -hmm. uh, from that game. And um, I, I love, I, I've talked about Scythe tons already on, on my top 10 videos. I don't um, think we can go through a top 10 without you mentioning <laughs> yeah, Scythe. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> um, I didn't want to put this at the top, which is kind of why I wanted to order my list based on complexity. Um, this one, especially for new players, um, it has a lot going on. Um, it really does. Um, uh, when you, when I have gone back to refresh my you know, memory and read the rule book, there's a lot of little rules that you can forget really easily in this game. Uh, so there's, um, you know, if you teach the full teach, it's probably 40 minute teach. Mm -hmm. Um, so what I've started to do with players now is I actually just, okay, everybody, we're going to do a turn. And we just basically take a, a practice taking like the four different actions in the game. Everybody just does it. And then you sort of learn as you go, and then I'll introduce more rules along the way. Because if not, you know, nobody wants to sit that long and learn learn all the rules. I will. Um, well, you, yeah, of course you will. That's what I do. <laughs> but like, you know, when you're when you're teaching this to, to new players, um, and you don't have the benefit of having a nice, concise tutorial video, 
Um, then mm. nobody wants to sit and listen to me for 45 minutes. Uh, where could Scythe, you go for one of those? Scythe might need a uh, tutorial might, video. Might just need one. Yeah. Um, but uh, so so you know, Scythe. I love the game. There's there's you know combat. There's awesome art uh, artwork. It's like set in an alternative like 1920s. Um, you know, we have factions and mechs and things like that. It's definitely a Euro game, uh, but you're really trying to unlock achievements to try to win the game based on how much like popularity you have. Kind also of a beautiful game. Beautiful uh, game. The yeah, artwork. the artwork is just crazy. Really nice. Um, and uh, so for me, I, I mean, it is a complex game. Um, I've played, this is probably my most played game. Um, and most so talked about. It's definitely my, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> but because it's my most played, you know, it's not as complex for me, mm -hmm. but you know, I've played it 15 times. So a new person starting out, it can be overwhelming. But um, that's what made my number five. Side. You know, I think if you played it with people that know the game, you could probably get through the game in like 90 minutes. Yeah, it, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, you could play a four player game of this and yeah, definitely in an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, because the, the cool thing is, especially in the early part of the game, you're not impacted by anything anybody else is doing. Not for a while. So you can sort of plan your turn and as soon as it comes to you, take your action and then even as you're taking your bottom action the next person can go and that's actually so, a really which is a neat neat way to do that it's a really good uh concept that i think more mm -hmm. games should implement yeah. is that you have a slow start and like mm -hmm. let you get into it yeah. and then it gets complex later yeah and, and 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 that's absolutely how this game is um and it can end real quick so mm -hmm. you know when somebody has like three stars out of six or four stars it literally could end in one turn after that because right. you can you know pull off a couple things in, in a turn. Yep. Um, so um, so it's it's just neat. It's got great pacing. Um, I love it. That's scythe number five. Yeah, that's a great choice. Number four. My number four is one of the tea, ga tea games. Okay. Um, it's a different one that you mentioned. Um, also one of my favorite games of all time, and that's really? Zolkin. Wow. Yeah, I love Zolkin. I love the uh, time element of this game because um, if you've ever seen the board and a lot of you have probably seen it just cause the board there are all these interlocking gears um, and when you turn this main gear it moves all the other four gears and the gears contain spaces where you're placing your workers and as they rotate they will then uh, unlock new actions as they rotate and the the, the mechanics are fairly simple you're either uh, putting a guy you know one of your workers on the board um, and you can pay on a wheel on a wheel on, on, on one of <laughs> the these gears, wheels, these gears. Yeah. Um, you can put more than one if you want, but you have to pay extra to do that. Uh, or you're pulling guys off of the gears and putting them back into your space. And you can do that, you know, multiple times as well. Mm. Um, and as you, uh, take the guy off the gear or take your worker off the gear, that's when you actually get that benefit. And there are tech tracks you can go up. There are, uh, resources you can unlock like corn, which is kind of the currency in the game. Uh, you know, there's gold and there's um, crystal skulls <laughs> that you can get because it's set in this Mayan period. Um, this is one of those games where I just, I love the mechanics so much, but the headspace of like planning where your worker is going to be in mm -hmm. so many turns from now is the key to this whole game. Because you yeah. have to think well ahead, you know, two or three turns ahead uh, to plan what you're going to do. And if you just miss that timing... Uh, you know, you, you can really screw yourself up in this game. And I have many times, yeah. <laughs> which is why I've never really done well at this game. Yeah. But I always enjoy it. And it, it's it's typically a very low scoring game as well, because yeah. a lot of times you're getting kind of negative points. 
if you can't feed your people, stuff like that. Feeding people. Um, so, so yeah, Zulkin number four. Love this game. I even painted like the components because I loved it so much. Did you do the whole gears? Like I painted everyone? the gears. I I did 3D printer uh, printers for the structures. Oh man, it looks pretty sweet. I, I want to see that. Yeah, yeah. You're we gonna have play to show it. me next we time. We should definitely play it. We'll play uh, your copy. Yeah, that's my number four, Zulkin. My number four pick is. Uh, potentially the heaviest game on this list hmm. because again mine isn't really ordered by order, heaviness yeah. mm -hmm. uh, this is also a game that a lot of my friends give me grief because they're not quite sure if they like it or maybe, maybe it's too thinky or too uh, too much to really uh, wrap your head around when you're trying to figure out best ways to score and that sort of thing but I love this game it's called Feudum ah. and this game I have every expansion at this point um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> teaching it i think a lot of people are intimidated to teach their friends um thankfully uh odd bird games uh created a really good tutorial for it so i didn't need to mm -hmm. uh, but it's uh it's really interesting there's a lot of lore as well behind it which i did make a video for because mm -hmm. it's very interesting you are joining these guilds in this land to gain influence and prosperity through different things. So you've got dice, uh, which you don't roll, um, but your die is your pawn that moves around the board. Uh, whichever face you set it on when it enters the board is the guild that they are joining. And so they automatically you know, count as having one point of influence in that guild. And then depending on the types of terrain that you end up uh, occupying or uh, putting your tokens on and that sort of thing, you'll get more influence depending on the type of terrain. Mm. Uh, so each guild, there's six. So um, there's three types of buildings plus feudums. And I say buildings, but it's more like planes, like fields and planes and yeah. outposts and cities. So those are the three. Mm. Um, but two, there's two for each of them. And so depending on how many you have, your guild goes up. And if you control the guild, you can get a lot of points by doing that main guild's action. And all six of these guilds are uh, connected together. So this one affects the next, which affects the next, which affects the next. Mm -hmm. And it's just completely cyclical. Plus they can affect either the one ahead of them or behind them. So there's like a lot yeah. of interactivity so between those. The, the, yeah. the person who's in second as far as influence for a guild is like called the journeyman and he has the ability or she to pull resources from the the guild mm. behind them mm -hmm. if they're not getting enough resources whereas the guild owner uh the first place of influence pushes things out of the guild yeah. and or builds things from the guild using those resources um and provides it to the next guild um mm. so there's a lot of interconnected mechanisms in this mm, game mm. um the thing that keeps me coming back to this is the uh, the unique look of this game and the play mm. the, the the field that you play in like it's just a very it's a long board yeah one of the biggest <laughs> boards i've ever seen it takes up a lot of table space but it isn't like it's not what like uh what is it yes yeah, it's, it's it's long but not it's wide. like a banner yeah. right like yeah, that like, kind yes, of yeah. length like a rectangular shape and so there's different regions. <clears throat> so there's six regions that go from left to right, basically, as you're moving to different areas. And you want control of various regions. You want diversity. You want mm. to travel fast so you can get machines that help you fly, like the flying mm -hmm. machine, the submarine. Mm -hmm. There's a ship. And so there's special ways to get there's to certain monsters. areas. There's monsters in this <laughs> game. You can actually hire these monsters so that they're, they're fighting for you and mm. that sort of thing. And there's just so much packed into this. It's just an experience that if you like he heavy games, this is one you should try. I don't even know if it's considered a Euro, but it's certainly... It's 
heavy. Yeah, it definitely leans toward the Euro side, I think. Um, and this we played it was a six hour game, maybe, maybe longer. No, it wasn't because we, remember we played it over two days. Well, yeah, so but five it, hours maybe it was at a con. Yeah, it wasn't. and we had to clean up at a certain time, and yeah. so they're like, "Well, you, it's okay if you leave your thing yeah. set up, right?" Yeah. So the actual length of time it took to play is difficult to determine on our first or your yeah. first play. Yeah. Plus, there was a, it was like you said, long teach. It, it was, was a long teach. Long teach well, everybody, mm -hmm. you know, if there's one new person, you got to teach it, which is like yes. an hour teach. Yeah, yeah. Maybe less, but yeah, yeah. I I, I like this game. Um, I did like it. It was a lot. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, this is one I thought was going to make you number one, yeah. actually. I thought this would be your number one. Okay. If this was on my list, it would be the number one, probably. <laughs> because of the heavy. Because it is yeah. so heavy. Um, it was definitely one of those things where, like, probably every round we were asking you questions. Yeah. It was that kind of a game. Um, I did like it. There was a ton going on. Um, I felt like near the end of the game, I was, you know, starting to kind of... Finally Feel it, it out <laughs> better. Um, I think we did... I, I did okay. I think, I think I, you won. Uh, did I win? I, I don't know like if I won. Did. I don't know if I won. I'll if, look it up. I've I, I tried to black it out now. <laughs> but um, yeah, if, it, if this had been on my 10, I, um, it would have been the top t the top number one. Um, but, so I guess um, you didn't like it. I did like it. <laughs> I just didn't like it as well as the ones on my 10. On Fair my enough. Top 10. But yeah, it's definitely a cool game. And yeah, the, the artwork and your upgraded components mm -hmm. are just, they're fantastic. It's one of the coolest games I've ever seen on the table. And if you're interested, like I said, there is some really cool lore behind the whole storyline of what's going on in the game that doesn't quite come through during gameplay. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, you're focused so heavily on the gameplay itself yeah. um, that trying to also appreciate the story is difficult. So even if you're a player of the game, you love this game, you may not realize that there is this really cool mm -hmm. uh, little fiction to it. Um, so check out the lore video if you want to know. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Number three. My number four is a Mind Clash game. Surprise, surprise. And another one you taught me. Okay. This is... I like the sound of this. Anachrony. Nice. Um, Anachrony is a... It's a definitely a heavy game. Um, do not throw all the expansions in. Do not ever do that, because <laughs> then do your it. mind will blow up. Do it, uh, and it'll take it'll take a lot longer it's to play. Great. But the base game itself um, has it, it's all about kind of time travel, and you're able to sort of go back. You can you can use actions to kind of go back in the past to sort of borrow things, but you have to pay it back in the future. Um, there are spaces where you're doing you you can have your individual board where you can take actions on and. Uh, build up your labs and and build up different sort of kind of tech tracks that build up into combos and bonuses. But then you've got this kind of you know the terms, but it's like an an outside world board where you're traveling. The World Council. Yeah, you're traveling to this the area. City and there's yeah, different and, areas of that. And you to and you can't send like your scientists or uh, engineers there um, unprotected. So you have these huge mechs. Exosuits. Yeah, exosuits you're getting in that look, you know, look like almost like scythe mechs or something, but sort of. they, they, you know, you, you travel there with your mechs, you have a limited amount of mechs. You can go out there to do different actions and take turns. There's just a whole lot of stuff going in the game. Um, and you, you, what I like about the game is you kind of know what you need to do to do really well, because there are like round bonuses that you can achieve. Um, you know you can get certain points from building certain things. So you can kind of focus what you want to do in the game, and you might be a little better at certain things than other things. Um, but then when it comes to your turn, based on the worker placement spots that other people take, it can completely change your strategy. So 
I'd say this is probably another one that if you suffer from analysis process, yeah, yeah this this can trigger you a little bit. Totally, totally. Um, but um, you uh, know, I, I'll also add since you mentioned don't yeah, yeah. play with all the expansions. <clears throat> if you play with the future imperfect expansion, um, it adds length to the game. Yes. Just yeah. period. Uh, yeah. No matter the player count, <clears throat> because right. it extends the amount of actions that you can take in a given that's right uh, era. To have remove that, yeah, and it, yeah. and even extends your board to have other options. Right, so you just have more that you yeah, can a lot do, of, and lot of, it's lot easier stuff. to do more. Yeah. So if you're looking for an extra long game, use yeah. that expansion. Yeah, check that one out. Um, and there's also upgraded components you can get for this game. So um, you can buy the exoskeletons and some of the pieces that are you know right. give you minis and stuff like that. But um, conceptually it's a really cool game it's it's um in the theming um it does time travel i think better than almost any board game i've probably played that does time travel mm -hmm. um and um i think just for the you know for a worker placement that's super crunchy but also has a lot of cool um thematic elements similar to scythe in that yeah. in that respect anachrony is one that i don't think you can go wrong with so for me, that's what made my number three. Absolutely. It's definitely one of Mind Clash's strongest games. Mm. And they keep supporting it. Obviously, they just had that Kickstarter, yeah. uh, which delivered. I got the Infinity Box, which has <laughs> all the upgrades and all these nice little component yeah, um, it is cool. uh, plastic <laughs> inserts. So Yeah, yeah. The, the upgrades for this game are, are pretty, pretty insane. Everything about the game is impressive, honestly. Yeah, everything. Artwork. I mean... Uh, yeah, I, I can't think of anything that I would say is a bad component in the game. Mm -hmm. um, even if you get base game without the upgrades, it's still right. still pretty sweet. Yeah, if you're thinking, oh, well, I have to have all the extras to enjoy this. Not so. I had just the base game mm -hmm. for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, I played it a lot. And it wasn't until the Kickstarter came around that I'm like, I'm sold on getting everything yeah. this has to offer. And, that's, that and that's, that's actually a pretty cool thing games can do is, you know, play the base game if you really like it invest in the components and you won't be sorry right um, but try it you know try it before you go uh, that extra step and get all the extra stuff cool moving on to my number three uh this is a game that a lot of people give flack because of the artwork it's kind of a game that people are like oh well it doesn't look very good so i don't want to try it hmm. trust me it's worth playing it's it's fantastic use my number three for top heaviest games food chain magnate <laughs> wow this game is very impressive very heavy and very cutthroat business competition type of game. Um, I was a business marketing major. So in college, like this is like right up the alley of everything that I kind of like was taught and learned. Mm -hmm. And so playing this game is as close as you can get, in my opinion, to sort of running a small business on a table <laughs> with other players <laughs> and trying to, you know, outmatch them with, pricing with location with your offering and varying your your um restaurants and stuff it's like like a franchise simulator oh absolutely <laughs> everyone takes a different fast food restaurant chain and you start with one restaurant hmm. you can later expand and open new restaurants um but there's neighborhoods and neighbors neighborhoods go to the closest restaurant they can get to following the hmm. roads and the setup of the game has these tiles which is always randomly mixed around in different variations hmm. and in different uh patterns so every game you play the map the neighborhoods the arrangements of roads is always going to be different and so you always have to take a moment at the start to really decide where am i going to be able to place my first restaurant to get the most amount of traffic location 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 perfect <laughs> couldn't have said it better and each neighborhood is numbered and so they order like they buy food in order of their number hmm. 
So not just because there's a lot of neighbors are there like neighborhoods, but also is it a low number or is it a high number? Hmm. And like, are they going to, you know, still have food to, to, to buy from you? Hmm. So this is a very complete competitive and complex game because you're constantly thinking about which employees do you want to hire and how many can you keep? Uh, how many can you afford? Cause you have to pay them. Um, <laughs> what? Every round you have to pay them. <laughs> they to need to be them? paid a salary. You don't just want to work there for burgers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, there's so much that you can do with this game though. Uh, it does require a lot of table space. Um, but there are ways that you can get around that if you have a like a secondary table for certain aspects that need to just be laid out. Hmm. Um, you can just lay some cards out in their arrangement and on a separate table so it doesn't take up your gameplay side. And then anytime you're hiring somebody or earning a milestone, you'll just walk over to that other table and be like, I'm just going to hire this guy because they're all cards. Hmm. Um, but you have to be able to see the cards and kind of plan out what you want to do. For me personally, one of my favorites and also... You know, one of the inspirations that I had this YouTube channel for because it's so great and because people look at the pictures of the game and they're like, you know, there's just not a lot of art to it. Mm -hmm. But I think it's the gameplay is so satisfying and solid and competitive. Uh, the art is really not even needed because it would actually complicate your, you know, what you're looking at. Huh. You want it to be very sparse sparse okay um and the art itself on the cards is not meant to be like super deep and colorful it's meant to imitate like the 1950s fast mm. food early chains and mm. so it has that that whole theme and style mm. to it which is just you know it's charming it's endearing yeah. um so i love this game if you're interested to try to learn it yourself and just buy a copy which i do recommend i have a full tutorial for this game on my channel yeah, this is a game that I'm intimidated about uh, playing um, because I've heard you can lose on the first turn if you don't do something right. Like you can get behind and never, you know, from the first turn. I think what winning. they're saying is if you put your restaurant in a bad place, then, yeah, something like that. You know, but there's ways around it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It just, it, yeah, this, like you said, it's a, it's a franchise simulator. And I just think like, oh, it's going to be so much work. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad. You know? Come on. But I would, I would actually try this one. Yeah. Um, I'm just a little afraid. Just know that you afraid. will lose to anybody who's played before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those games. Yeah, it basically award, uh, rewards mastery, right? Yeah, the more you've played it, the better you will be at <laughs> yeah. it. So, uh, you know, yeah. just expect so just to lose. prepare to get killed the first time. That's okay. It's a okay. learning game. Right? That's all right. That's all right. I can deal with that. I can deal. <laughs> Number two. Number two is a very popular game, but also sort of a niche game. Mm. And what I mean by that is um, it's it's a game that is not widely played by a lot of gamers, but it's also heavily played by the people who love it. This mm. is Mage Knight, I was just gonna the say board this. game. Yeah. Uh, and it's also recently had a reprint, which is the ultimate edition. And I believe it includes in that all the expansions that came with it. Mm. But again, for this list, I'm just talking about the base game that came out probably 10 years ago hmm. um, and it's fantastic i recommend playing it at solo or two players three or four it gets a little bit burdensome on some of the upkeep and how much fiddliness kind of starts happening um, but one or two this game is it really shines hmm. um, if you get a chance to play it it's probably one of the most satisfying uh sort of ex exploration 
uh, RPG imitation type of hmm. uh, tabletop games. Um, that's not fully D&D. That's not Gloomhaven. Uh, in fact, Gloomhaven borrows quite a bit from Mage Knight. I've heard this, yeah. Uh, yeah. Gloomhaven does it more streamlined, and it takes out a lot of things from Mage Knight, mm -hmm. um, and then it basically replaces a lot of things with cardboard chits and tokens and, and other stuff, where Mage Knight does it um, in a very concise way, in a very sat satisfying way, but because it's so uh, crunchy and, and together, like a packed puzzle, you have to that 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 initial learning curve is the biggest hurdle mm. of the game is just understanding how everything works together how you know what your strategies are and how the just a lot of the stuff happens mm. but the game is so worth it that i was like i have to make a tutorial for this game right and right. there's not that many out there yeah. and those that did have tutorials were like series of videos mm -hmm. and it's like mm -hmm. let's focus on the first part let's focus on this part of combat let's focus on you know special uh character traits or whatever <clears throat> i was able to condense the base game uh with uh with the solo with um pvp player versus player and your second game which is incorporates the attacking of cities all into one video for you mm. which is an hour and 15 minutes <clears throat> But if you've ever learned this game at the table, it's probably a two-hour, three-hour teach. Wow. Wow. And I'm just saying that up front. <laughs> yeah. So an hour and 15 for Mage Knight on a tutorial video. Not, not bad. I'm, I'm very happy with. Hmm. I've, I've heard really great things about this game. Um, Vlada Shvatel, if I pronounced the name right. Uh, Vlada Shvatel. Yeah. Also, the, the like the designer of like... Oh, you remember code that little party names. name, the party game code names? Yeah, yeah, um, same guy. Galaxy Trucker, <laughs> same guy. Like, uh, Dungeon Pets, stuff like that. Um, this is one I've actually been very interested in playing, and and I know solo gamers think this is fantastic too. Like it's definitely one of the top um, solo games out there. Yeah, some people like they like playing it solo better than you know even with uh, two people or whatever. But yeah. um, I would definitely try this one because I like the like the genre and. You know, uh, thematically, it seems like it's pretty cool. So, because you're like cool. a you're a mage and a knight, right? Like you're a, a mage knight. Yeah. So I yeah, like you you get to use magic and spells as well as your your armor and yeah. swords and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty unique. So I like it. What's your pick here? All right, my number two is um, one of my favorite games of all time. Definitely my top ten of all time games. Uh, another tea game, and that's Teotihuacan. Um, I love Teotihuacan. I think it is. Heavier than Zolkin? So between the two of us, we've named three of these tea games. That's right. Yeah, we have. We hadn't have an overlap, yeah. but we named them all. We named that's three true, of them. That's true. <laughs> wow. Because the one you named is the one I hadn't played. That's so amazing. That, that may have ended up on my list. Well, you, too. you said you hadn't played Twanton Suyu either. That's right. I hadn't so. played that one either. Yep. Well, anyway. um, but uh, yeah, this is. Um, I, I, I think the the reason I I put this as a little more complex than Zolkin is Zolkin is kind of like a. Like, the one thing you have to do is kind of figure out the time mechanic in the game. And once you figure out the time mechanic, you're, most of your focus is on that time mechanic. Mm. Whereas with um, Teotihuacan, you, the, the decision space is way greater because you essentially have three dice that you're moving around the board and, and they move around. It's almost like a rondelle. They move around in a, in a yeah. clockwise way. But each of the dice can move um, up to three spaces. And you can move any of the dice. So there's always like around nine different places that you can end up landing on. But depending on where you land, if there's other dice there, you have to pay things or you can take income. So there's just multi-use 
parts of every single piece of this board. And I think there's what, like 12 spaces around the board, something like that, um, that are all at, like almost like worker placement spaces. But again, they have multiple purposes. Um, they typically have like three different things you can do on each board. In addition to like a tech track and things like that, that you can uh, move up on and earn abilities. And all the while you're kind of counting down uh, this, these eclipses and, until you get to the end of the game. So there's like a timer element to it as well. Um, I love the theming. It's, a, it's also a Mayan themed game. And you're, or, uh, you're Meso building a pyramid. Mesoamerican themed game. Yeah, you're building pyramid as well. Um, there's multiple ways to end the game. Uh, depending on what happens. And um, so there's just a lot of really cool things that they did with this dice worker placement game. Yeah. Um, I love how uh, once your dice uh, are, you kind of can promote your dice when you do certain actions. It's like they ascend. And yeah. And so essentially thematically the dice are your worker. So when they die, they ascend and then they come back as a, another worker, you know, so it kind of has this sort of circle of life thing going on too. Um, but uh, just love this game. It's just I, one of the most satisfying games hmm. I think I've ever played. You know, I just walk away from this game feeling like even if I didn't win, I got to do a lot of really cool stuff, yeah. you know. You feel and, like you're working on something that's yeah. producing things. And, and sometimes you're like, I'm physically building this pyramid. Yeah. And that's satisfying even if you don't like yes. score a lot. Yeah, exactly. And there's, you know, tech tracks you can race up on based mm -hmm. on the tiles and yeah, so, uh, I can see know, that. It's a there's a lot going on, but I feel like this game is also good. Where, you know, it, the teach isn't too bad um, mm -hmm. for this game, uh, but again, the decision space is big, and so for me, it becomes more complex the more you play it because mm -hmm. you just can think of all these additional possibilities and think yeah. ahead and stuff. So well, there are um, variabilities that are in each game because there's variable uh, tile tech placement tile, too. Um, yeah, just yep. variable variable bonus tiles and other things, starting yeah. tiles. Yeah, and I've not even. I mean. There's so much variety in the base game. I haven't even sought to purchase any of the, I think, three expansions now. There's quite a few. Because um, they add so much more. But for me, the game is just like so so perfect the way it is. Yeah, um, I, I enjoy this game a lot. Yeah, I love it. It's love it. Pick. So number two, Teo Tawaki. And that's also a game that I have a tutorial for. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's pretty amazing. That's right. Yeah, I think I learned this before your tutorial, but yeah. you're right. I, I remember so I, if you're new to our podcast or my YouTube channel, I mean, essentially my focus of the channel is teaching medium to heavyweight games. Yeah. So these heavy games we're talking about is was my main focus of like trying to get tutorials out onto the channel Yeah. Um, to try to help people play games that they may not be able to play through, you know, not being able to read the rules or understand them themselves or find someone to teach it to them. All these kinds of uh, roadblocks to learning a like really heavy but fun, rewarding games. Yeah, and, and it's a sweet spot because yeah. there's so many people who, when they do tutorials, focus on the popular game that typically is more family weight game or something. So, you know, to, to be able to have a channel that has a ton of videos with heavy games, uh, I hate reading rule books. Yeah. Um, so and I know a lot of people that do, you know. Yeah. So yeah, definitely I, I want to help those people as much as I can. And if I can't physically be there to teach you, I can at least make a video. Yeah. And you know, if it's still you know detailed and it and it physically shows you stuff that you're you're supposed to look at, hopefully that it's a benefit. Yeah. So and I, a lot of times I'll watch yours just to be reminded of stuff, even if I already uh, know the game. Oh yeah. Um, like if so that's if it's been too. like two years since I played something, I'll, I'll rewatch. <laughs> Especially heavy video. games. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, all right. So on to our number ones. We are on to number one. Yeah. So uh, do you have any honorable mentions? Honorable mentions. Ooh, I actually have two. 
Okay. What do you got? I have two. What do you got? Um, so Feudum was going to be on one. Mm. Um, I, I, I like the game, so mm. I, I sort of didn't include that one. But for honor, honorable mentions, I included two that are heavy enough to be on the list, but I really didn't like them. Mm. And the, <laughs> the first one is Howler 2. Okay. Uh, Howler 2, is a, it's, it's really a great Uwe Rosenberg game. It's just a little too tight, a little too punishing for the kind of game I like. Um, so that yeah. didn't make the list. Uh, and the one that I just, I don't like, but I think it's a brilliant game is Triss Magistus. Wow. Yeah. That game, wow. it's so complex. And Brain burner. I mean, you're using dice in like four or five different ways. You're using the color of the dice. I mean, there's just a ton yeah. going on in a game that, if you look at it, does not look complex. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't. literally does not look complex. And you it's play it. It's one of the most simple looking boards you'll see, yeah. especially for heavy games. And it is, I mean, I had, I, I usually don't have a ton of AP, but I definitely had AP in this game. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, that blew my mind. So that's one where I was like exhausted after I played it. <laughs> I, I hope that they you do know? a second edition and fix some of the 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 graphics and and yeah those symbols add some are, reference cards those symbols are punishing stuff like that i just feel like there's some there's more yeah. they can do to make it accessible yeah without Cause it, cause making it, right, any difference it's, it's to the language game. independent right yeah. now but the symbology are like these um what are they runes the, or something yeah they're like um it's based on um i was gonna say what the alchemist like, symbols right alchemist symbols. Right, right so they're just yeah it's it's like what's the half moon? who's familiar with alchemy right yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so those were my honorable mentions. Those are great. Um, yeah, I didn't write down my honorable mentions, but I do recall I put Barrage on there. Um, mm. That's a really fun kind of newer heavy game about uh, building dams and generating power, mm. fulfilling electric contracts, stuff like that. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, but I felt like these 10 that I chose, I just liked better uh, just for mm. uh, the sake. I played these more or I just enjoyed them more. Uh, Barrage, I'd need to get a few more plays in for me to yeah. um, kind of solidify my thoughts on you know how well I like it. Yeah. Um, but it is on my honorable mention. Cool. Number one. Okay, my number one is a game I actually know you like too. Although I don't think it's going gonna, it's gonna to make your number one. Um, we played this one together as well. Um, this is normally a game that I would walk away from not liking because it is absolutely, in my opinion, the most complex game on this list. And there but is because I taught it to you. The, yeah, because it you, was it was actually, fine. Actually, what? So I played it with you, but you didn't teach it. I don't know if oh, that gives okay. you a clue, but no. We played the, the first time we played it was together. Um, and this is a Stefan Feld game. And it's Bonfire. Bonfire, yes. I really love this that game. That is a great game. Um, it is such a cool game. It has, you is know, it right has there? it has so many, and I, this is one I played and bought right right away. Right. Um, I, I thought, did too. I thought about this game after I played it for like a couple of days. I remember you even um, telling us that. Yeah, we were talking about this. You would call me up and be like, <laughs> how about that Bonfire remember, game? Remember that game? That was pretty Man. good. We should get that. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, um, you know, Stefan Feld, I've, I've played several uh, Stefan Feld games. You know, he's a great designer. Um, this one is really complex. You have a lot of interlocking mechanisms. The way you choose actions is really fascinating because you're choosing from these sort of uh, pieces that have symbols on them that yeah. you can only choose like the ends. And then when you choose this little token that has these symbols, <laughs> you put them in this like kind of Tetris grid. Yep. And that unlocks your uh, currency, which are like fruits and different things. And then you have to use those 
to do actions on the board. So, and if you make little patterns that link together on your grid, yeah, you get you more action yeah, tokens. I mean, so there's like, it's kind of like mini game connected to mini game, connected to mini game. Yeah, and they all um, fill into each other. And they all, yeah. I mean, the way, however he figured out how to It's fantastic. These, it's just, it's it's like a clock. I mean, it's like all these gears in a clock. And mm -hmm. and um and it's it's also very thematic. It has this really cool theme about like, no, is it gnomes? I think it's gnomes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that are doing this, you know, bonfire. But then you have your own board where you have your own sort of mini bonfires that you're building. Mm -hmm. And the board itself is modular. So as you're accomplishing things, um, you're building onto your board, you're moving up paths, but then you can choose, okay, do I stop at this location and, and get a, a prize, you know, a reward, or do I keep going? Um, so by the end of the game, you know, you've built like this, your own kind of path. You started to explore more. You started to unlock different abilities. There's even the exploration of the game at the yeah, bottom half of the board. Yeah, it's like ships that you're moving there's around. There's ships in the game islands too. And, I mean, it's just uh, I, don't, I don't. How many heavy euros also have like ship exploration? Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's super. It's it's very thematic, uh, but it's also very mechanical. Mm -hmm. But to me, this is just it's like a, good a blend. perfect blend of those elements. Yeah. You know. And it's certainly a Euro game. And I mean, there's no question it's a Euro game. Yeah. But I think just the art style, which is fantastic. Um, I think the aesthetics of the board, it just looks great. Um, and everything just kind of makes sense. Like, it just really gels nicely. Yeah. Um, you feel it's another game where you you it's so satisfying at the end. Um, yeah. You feel like you've Regardless really done of something. Regardless if you won or lost. You can yeah. look at what you built yep. and feel satisfied that, wow, look, I built all this yeah. through this time. And yeah. You know, yeah, because yeah, because to me, it's like that 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 feeling of building. Like I wasn't even really focusing on how other people were yeah. were doing. I just was like, I wanted my own little thing. You mm -hmm. know, and um, that can be fun on its own. Yeah, yeah, and it and it's a heavy game. It absolutely is a heavy game. Um, the heaviest one I think on this list for me, sure, um, because there are so many things you can possibly do. But um, yeah, yeah. Steffenfeld Bonfire. That's my number one. I think that's a great pick, and I'm not going to argue on that one. Uh, given your your choices here, top tens. Um, now I don't know if you'll be surprised on this. My number one pick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Feudum. You so thought, and I know I'm wrong. I'm wrong about that. I know a lot of my friends would probably say, "Oh, he's going to pick Feudum," but I'm going to pick one that I just have the most fun with okay. every time I play this game. I love it to death, and you've already mentioned it. It was it on my list. It was on your list. It's our only crossover. Oh, it's got to be uh, Lords of Hellas. No? Anachrony. Anachrony. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Anachrony it's got to be Anachrony. You do is, love this game. Oh, my goodness. I love this game to death. Yep. I was trying to like not say too much <laughs> when you talked about that's it. That's right. Yeah. Because this game uh, yeah, is so Yeah, I, I fumbled good. it. If you want to know what it's really like, ah. go ahead, Jared. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lore video that I made for this game. This is, uh, I believe, the first... <laughs> lore video i made because i i was so into this game. oh yeah yeah i was yeah. so into like the story and like how everything works together i made a lore video and of course it takes all the information from the rule books and from their website and the kickstarter and all this kind of stuff so we'll look into that but the game uh like he was saying does time travel better than any other game that i've played mm. i love the idea of being able to borrow resources from yourself from the future and then paying it back later mm -hmm. um, because literally you are time traveling. Like literally that's what's happening. Yeah. It's so cool. Um, and that just gets me every time. Just like the giddiness of like, we're <laughs> time traveling because I'm actually giving myself <laughs> stuff from the future. And it's so brutal. It's so brutal though too. It's so good. <laughs> if you There's, take so many things. 
And there's there's the exosuits that uh, if you have the minis, the little the little workers sit in the miniature, which yeah. is always cool, and their little head comes out, and you can yeah. see what they are. But um, otherwise, you would just put them on a little um, uh, cardboard hex type thing. And so you go onto the main board, you can collect resources, you can trade, you can uh, research, which has research tokens, you can build and construct buildings, which could be time machines, it could be mm -hmm. resource generating buildings. Um, and of course, you can take the actions of buildings you've built in your uh, player area, your, your board, which is your faction's like hometown. And by assigning workers to those, which don't need exosuits because they're protected mm. uh, from the fallout radiation and all that kind of stuff from, uh, well, the, the apocalypse, right? Yeah. Um, you can use those time machines to send your uh, focus marker to previous eras that you've played to then in that era build the special super project or to return resources uh, to yourself mm -hmm. uh, by paying it to the supply. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of interwoven mechanisms with the theme. And I just feel like this is one of those euros that the theme, the, the story, the, the gameplay, the art, everything meshes together mm. so tightly and so well um, that it doesn't ever really feel like anything's disconnected. Like everything that's that you're sure. doing makes sense and yeah, everything that sure. you're doing is tied to reasons. There's like a reason behind the way everything works in this game. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's just, for me, the most enjoyable, heavy game that I have that I love to play um, more so than Feudum. Um, <laughs> Feudum looks amazing, but Anacri also looks amazing. It like does. it also it really has does. Yep. great art. Um, but it's a different type of art, mm -hmm. you know, a different style, mm -hmm. which is fine. The art, art has all it's kinds of style. It's less whimsical and more like, you know, sci-fi sci future yeah. type stuff, yeah, which yeah. is also great. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess maybe I'm more of a sci-fi fan than fantasy because yeah. Feudum would be more fantasy yeah. and this is more sci-fi. So yeah, yeah, and I, and I I tend to be on the fantasy side. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Everybody so, likes it. Anachrony is definitely my pick for the number one of my, my favorite top heavy games. Yeah. out there yeah good pick and if you which we tried to do we tried to throw in all the expansions in a game and it was a long beast game. to play long um, game. i think we ended up only we like ended up cutting it short when we, we did i think we're like um why don't we just stop <laughs> after this era because yeah, yeah. we we can't play two more eras each era was taking like 45 minutes yeah yeah we were at like over three hours i think <laughs> it was point, crazy but, um, but i was loving it i mean I, yeah it was certainly <laughs> i mean it was fun it was but really the other fun. players were like i kind of want to play a different game come <laughs> yeah. on i got a stack of unplayed games over there <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah this is a cool this this is one that like when i pass it in a store I think, oh, should I get that one? And and I always think like I'm never gonna have the cool parts you have, so I'd rather Don't just I'd rather just play yours. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, um, to to a lot of our viewers, you may not know, I have a an anachrony tattoo. That's right. Uh, I think I've on shown your thigh. it. Too. Yeah, you have it on your thigh. It's yeah. on my leg. Uh, it's basically if you look up the the logo of anachrony, it's kind of this like time warp looking triangle mm. within triangles and all that kind of stuff. Um, very. I don't know, modular type, I don't know mm -hmm. what it is, but it looks awesome and I love the game. So I had that done as a tattoo with all the color on my outer right leg. <laughs> so, well, you know, it's funny you say that because uh, I actually have a tattoo of Bonfire. It's like a gnome. No, my... you don't. No, I don't. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a little gnome on my back. No, it's not. You almost got me. 
<laughs> that would have been hilarious. That would have been a really funny. Wow. It's like, no. I should have known you I had do, that bonfire. I do not tattoo. have any gnomes, garden or otherwise, on wow. my back. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> or Keebler or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, I, don't, I don't know. I would say that's a gnome, not an elf. I completely agree. Um, but, well, uh, I, I thought that maybe you would figure out my number one pick because I literally have a tattoo of it. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I should have done that. I was just thinking feudum. Because I thought, you know... I have to argue Feudum a lot because the other players that we generally game with have such strong feelings about it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't it's mean true. it's necessarily my favorite. I just like playing it right. and I never get to. Right, right. <laughs> There's a difference. Yeah, I think, like, for me, I think, like, you know Anachrity so well. Yeah. For you, it's probably not as complex now. Kind of like with me and Sorry. Sort of. Um, yeah, but, I kind of um, know, like, yeah, everything I, I can I do. Yeah, I should have. I should have. I, I, I think I knew this would be on your list, but mm. I'd forgotten that you hadn't said it so far. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so yeah, you you do love this game, but this was a I, I thought this was a pretty fun. This list. is a great great list. Yeah. I like coming up with these, and of course, as you know, this is right in my wheelhouse of games that I normally play, and and of course teach. So this is like the rule books I'm reading all the time of, and the games mm. that I like more in in general. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm a very diverse gamer. Yeah, um, you, you know, I oh, like yeah. to play all totally. kinds of stuff. I, I just what I think I love about these kinds of games is it just you start to have such an appreciation for what it takes to be a game designer. Yeah. Uh, because uh, some of these games are so uh, intricate mm -hmm. uh, in the way that they're not only balanced but the way that they have interlocking you know mechanisms yeah. that feed onto each other that. To come up with that, I mean, the mind that designs that is yeah. just it just really fascinating to me. To we, we've come a long way since you know backgammon and yeah. mahjong and things like Catan. that. <laughs> well, that's another thousand Catan's years fine. later. It's totally fine. Um, Let's <laughs> <laughs> go old, and you're like 1995. <laughs> yeah, no, it's college days. That was a while ago. Yeah, well, um, I played Catan all the time in college. Yeah, and then five years later, Carcassonne. Yeah, true. That was great too. Still love that one. Uh, grandfather of the meeple right there. That's right. Anyway, hey, here's mm. a here's a little sneak peek. If you got to the end of the video, uh, I am working on a Carcassonne tutorial. Oh, cool. I'm in the early stages, okay? So it's not gonna be anytime soon, but I am currently working on a, a, a script for it and then uh, we'll be shooting it, so. Just don't screw up the farm rule. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, you the the farmer in the fields. <laughs> the far, that's the that's the one that trips everybody up. I think. Yeah. Well, but uh, I'll yeah. teach that after the main concepts. Yeah. A lot of times people recommend for your first time not even to use that rule. I've, I've actually done that myself. But I've uh, done that myself. I'm hoping if I do a, a good uh, job teaching that that rule set, then you will be able to include it. At least yeah. that's my goal here. Yeah, so. I think so. Well, that's the end that's of it. our podcast. I, uh, I've i had a lot of fun, uh, Jay, talking with you today here about some heavy yeah. games. This was a fun list. And I can't wait to do that convention uh, coming up here, MaceCon. And if you're going to be there, let me know. You know, send me a comment or, uh, you know, comment on the video, email me. I'd love to, uh, you know, play some games with you. I'll be teaching uh, several of the games mm. that we mentioned. Mm. Uh, I'm teaching Trickerion. I'm mm. teaching Food Chain Magnate. Um, <laughs> You're gonna work this con. I will be working. Um, and Gugong. So. Oh wow, cool. Very cool. All, all, all these the one one a That's day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So uh, if you want to join in and learn those games, this is a great time to come. Mm. And uh, that's uh, that's it for for the Mentor Minutes podcast. And yeah, I've been Jay. And I've been Jared. See you next time. Bye, everybody. <laughs>